I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. There's a reason why someone signed up for your list. Now, it could very well be that they signed up just because they wanted that free thing and they're going to unsubscribe anyway. But most people who sign up for your list, it's because they want to hear what you have to say. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 31. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to hear what you think. For today's episode, we're debunking some myths about email marketing, an often overlooked marketing tactic that can really bring in customers to your business. But before we get into the good stuff, Jesse, let's talk about the other good stuff. What are you drinking? Mm -hmm. So we're recording this in May, and so it's starting to feel finally like summer. Oh, and yeah. I've had um, a hankering for some nice summer beers, which is sounds heavy, right? Usually you want something a little more refreshing and light, but I had a blueberry, watch you sip blueberry ale the other day, and I'm going to be getting more of that because it's so good. Yeah, it's definitely, as you said, we're recording in May, and I feel like it went from being cool out to like almost summer overnight. I, I know. Was, I love it. I love it. Um, Alex isn't a huge fan of the change this quickly, um, but I'm digging it. And what I've been drinking is uh, these limoncello um, seltzer waters from oh, Le Croix. Ooh, there. So I'm actually going. So you can. I don't know. I'm sure you can find Lacroix other places, but I usually find it at Target. Not yeah. this is not sponsored, but neither one, neither Watchuse it or Lacroix is sponsoring this podcast. But I find it at Target, and um, I'm actually going there today because we got to get some more uh, summer. Because again, it went from like you know being cool in my place, and mm -hmm. like we've been like putting Ariel in the footy pajamas to like. She's in summer pajamas and we don't really have any. So oh, I'm going to pick them up at Target. So I'm going to grab some more of those. So mm -hmm. uh, let's now let's get back to the other good stuff. Bev, Bev Feldman, also known as your personal tech fairy, has had years of email marketing experience. She shared with us some myths about this important marketing tactic. Today we have Bev Feldman, and she is a marketing technology consultant who helps mission-driven coaches, course creators, and service providers get their email systems set up and automated using her seven-part framework. Well, she just launched her personal tech fairy um, business earlier this year in 2021. She has been a business owner and blogger for a decade and has been doing email marketing and automation for her own business for about five years. So welcome, Bev. We are so excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Great. So well, I think we have a um, first order of business, right, Kate? Uh-huh. What are you drinking? This is cocktails and content creation after all. Yes. So I'm probably going to butcher it because I am not a French speaker, um, but I'm really enjoying this um, rosé called Winter en Provence. Ooh. Quite lovely. I love a good rosé. Is it just a regular or sparkling? It's regular. Mm. Yeah. I actually, that reminds me, I should probably get some because I feel like it's total rosé weather right now. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure my husband ordered a case of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Love it. So in other words, we're coming over. Now. Exactly. <laughs> Party in my place. All right. Well, I mean, we're, I don't know about you guys, but we're all vaccinated here. So, mm-hmm. you know, fully vaccinated. good. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, Belle, tell us a little bit. We got, we got a little bit of your story, as Jesse said, but tell us a little bit about your journey and what it is that you do. Yeah. So I started out my journey in entrepreneurship about a decade ago where I discovered um, Etsy. I hadn't heard of Etsy before. And then I started to kind of go a little crazy buying way too many supplies mm-hmm. as I kind of dove deeper into jewelry making. So then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own Etsy shop. I had no idea what I was doing. I did not know the first thing about product photography and those first photos just looked horrendous. But I started to get more into it, learning more about marketing. And along the way, I'd I'd heard, oh, blogging is a great way to market. So I was like, great, I'll start a blog. Again, having no idea what I was doing and kind of ended up in this rabbit hole of blogging where I was posting three days a week. Now, mind you, it had nothing to do with my jewelry business. I was blogging about like anything and everything. And But as I got more into it and I started to learn a whole bunch of other skills like about Pinterest marketing and creating digital products. And while I kind of veered in a bunch of different directions and kind of strayed from what I had originally sought out to do, kind of got back on track with the jewelry making and then reined it in a little bit with the blogging because blogging three times a week for years on end is just not sustainable at all. Um, But what I discovered was through all of this that I got a little too into creating automations. I had signed up for ConvertKit a few years ago to do my email marketing. And once I pivoted my jewelry business into teaching people jewelry making, I realized, oh, I could do some really cool things with these email marketing automations. And even though I'm not, I've always been a very self-conscious writer, I really liked being able to connect with people through this. So fast forward to 2020, and I'm trying to figure out what it is I want to do because my former jewelry business turned teaching people jewelry making. It was more of a side thing, but wasn't really what I ultimately wanted to do with all of my time. And it occurred to me that, well, I really like setting up automations and figuring out how to make the different pieces of technology work together, that a lot of other business owners, while they recognize the importance of email marketing and setting up things like welcome sequences and different automations, they don't necessarily have the time or energy or want to figure out the technology. And so that's how your personal tech fairy came about. I'm definitely one of those people. I just, I, I, we were actually just talking before you came on about um, I have ADHD. And so a lot of times when there's something that I don't want to do, I just won't do it. I won't look into it. So I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there. So we've heard this a lot from people on the show that people just kind of fall into, you know, they start out doing one thing and then they fall into what they actually end up doing. Would you say that this is kind of your passion now? Is that? Yes. I mean, at least you're lucky. Yes. Yes. And it's funny because with the jewelry making, while I love the creative process Mm -hmm. and I felt like it was reconnecting to this part of my childhood that I loved and had kind of fallen away from in high school and college. Ultimately I realized there was, I didn't want to sell jewelry and what that part I was not passionate about, but figuring out technology, finding ways to connect with other people and to feel like I was helping them has, it feels really good to me. Like, I feel like I'm taking all these aspects 
of my life. Like I have a master's in education, so I get to teach people now and I get to talk to people, build connections, help them with their business. So I, I, I love it. Do you still do jewelry for yourself? Do you still a little it? bit, not nearly as much as I used to. Yeah. But I, I still enjoy it. Nice. So, okay. So let's take a step back because some of our listeners are super green to running their business. Some mm-hmm. of them are, you know, probably uber veterans, but for those that are on the greener side or even maybe less green, what is email marketing and why is it so important? I know it's a really big question to ask, but if you can give us your lowdown. Yeah. So, you know, as I explained to my friends who aren't in this world, what it is I do, you know, I kind of liken it to you go to a website and a little form pops up and you put in your email address and then you get an email from them. Very basically, that is what email marketing is. It is someone sharing their email address with you as a business owner. They're giving you explicit permission to email them, and it's then sending them information through their email. Simple enough. So, yes. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it, it seems, it, right? <laughs> so, I, I've heard from others, um, you know, that, you know, they want to build a list and maybe they even have an opt in, but then they don't do anything with it, but mm-hmm. which you may dive into. So, you know, the, the, the topic or the, the title of this, this episode is, you know, three myths about email marketing. Um, and I guess my question is, um, you know, if this is already in there, if you're going to tell us these myths, but what would you say to those that, you know, how can you, how can you actually follow through, I guess, when it comes to like just setting up mm. that button and then like not, yeah. No, I think that's, yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, a lot of us get stuck with that myself included when I first started with email marketing. I think that's what where automations can be really helpful. So, you know, after you, you know, usually when someone signs up for your list, they're signing up for some sort of free offer. So you deliver the email that the, the email goes to their inbox that delivers what that free offer is. And then a lot of times, like you said, people might just stop there. So like, I don't know what to do with this. And then periodically they'll email, email their list when they remember to. I think it's really helpful to take it a step further after someone receives that free offer that they signed up for. And even at a bare minimum, have some sort of welcome sequence where you're introducing yourself, your business, how you can help the person who got on your list and provide them with really valuable information. So it's not just, it's not about selling at that point. It's about building up that like, know, and trust factor. It's about building the connection with the people, showing, you know, sharing parts of your journey of what brought them here, how you can understand where they're coming from and why you might be the best person to either provide the information or help them. Awesome. So I love that you said like one of the easiest ways you can do this is just to set up the automation. I think that's where, where people fall through is like, oh, well, I got these email lists. Now what do I do with them? And then having to do maybe that manually, like every, you know, maybe you check your list once a month and then you're like, okay, now I got to like send them an email. But if it's all automated, it's done. Um, Okay. So why don't we dive right into it? Tell us the three myths about email marketing. Yes. Mm. Okay. So the first one is, and I think this is why people don't email their list, is we have this misconception, a lot of us, that we're going to annoy people by emailing them. And so we're like, yeah. even if it occurs to us, okay, I'm going to send an email, but oh, 
going to annoy people. They're going to unsubscribe. Uh, maybe I just won't do it. But the thing is, there's a reason why someone signed up for your list. Now, it could very well be that they signed up just because they wanted that free thing and they're going to unsubscribe anyway. But most people who sign up for your list, it's because they want to hear what you have to say. They signed up because you have something of value to show them or teach them. And therefore, how are they ever going to move forward or learn if you don't continue to build that relationship and teach them? So that's that first myth I want to address that you are not going to annoy people, but the people you know, who don't want to be on your list, they'll unsubscribe and there's nothing wrong with that. That's so and then, true. And then who so needs true. them? If I mean, exactly. that's, that was mean to say, <laughs> sorry. But I mean, like, you know, if they're going to unsubscribe based on one email, then, you know, they're not really your ideal customer exactly. or client anyways. So bye-bye. Exactly. No, I think, <laughs> I think a lot of, um, you know, so in my, in my course for brand photographers, I, I think a lot of them have this fear about building their list and, and having that constant communication with them because yeah, yeah they have, that's a real fear of yeah. that they're going to be annoying or just end up unsubscribing. And so what I've done when it comes to unsubscribes, I actually usually just, and maybe this is something I shouldn't do, but I just like ignore it. I don't even like pay attention to that metric. Really. I mean, yeah. maybe I should when I'm like, oh, what's what's like, if there is like a high amount of unsubscribe for an email, maybe I should dig into it purposely. But I, I know that there's going to be a certain percentage and I'm okay with that as long as I continue to build my list. Exactly. And I kind of look at it, if for whatever reason you send something that causes a lot of people to unsubscribe, just like what Kate said, they're not your people anyway. So they're not going to connect with you. So why pay to have them on your list? And they'll find someone maybe who's a better fit for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Okay. So what's number two? The next one. And this is specifically about automations in particular. So another myth is that I've heard people say, well, automations sound really impersonal. Now I look at it that when you are setting up automations, it allows you to send the right messages to the right people at the right time. And what I mean by that, if someone signed up for your list yesterday and then for the timing just works out, today is the day I'm sending out an email to my list about this big promotion I'm having. Someone who just signed up for your list yesterday it's going to be like, my God, I just signed up and they're already trying to sell to me. But when you set up these automations, you can, first of all, you have if you do the welcome sequence, you can have a way to introduce yourself to people before you start promoting to them. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to also filter out the people who are not yet ready to hear those messages from you because you haven't built up that connection yet. So, and then on top of that, if you're selling, say you have like some sort of digital product, if someone purchases it, those automations allow you to send them the information that like, here's how to log in. You can set up automated emails that allow you to check in to see how things are going. And the other thing I want to add is with these automations, you can invite people to respond to them. And then if you reply back, that's not impersonal. You're building up that connection with people. I actually remember the first time somebody replied to one of my emails and it's funny because I knew that they could do it, but I've never done it myself. Like I've never gotten in like a, uh, you know, a, an email that wasn't like specifically to me. Right. And it mm-hmm. actually replied. So the first time I got that, and it was actually a friend of ours, um, uh, Courtney Fanning, who we've also had on this podcast of big picture branding. I remember being like, Oh my God, I got an email back. 
Yeah. Like it's pretty exciting. <laughs> it was very exciting. And then I got an email. I, I mean, this was my aunt. I love her, but I was like, wow, even my aunt replied on something like this. <laughs> and I didn't even know she could use email. Like this is so exciting. Oh, I'm, man. I'm small. I'm just beginning guys on email. So don't judge me. No, <laughs> no, no. Great. I love yeah. that. Um, so, okay. Quick follow question mm-hmm. on that. So, and maybe this is something you work with your own clients on, but I, I have my welcome sequence. I have, when it comes to my course, a lot of my emails and logistics are automated as well. Um, but when it comes to like some of the one-off digital products that I have, uh, I don't really have a sequence for specifically other than here's your digital product is that something I should be actually thinking of for each product and that just sounds pretty time intensive I guess (laughs) if I have I mean right now I I only have a limited number of digital products but for someone that has you know a large digital shop that just seems like a lot so I mean there's certainly ways first of all it's a really great question um I and I admit that I'm not the best with my own digital products of like, it's been on my list for, for forever to and to add in certain emails to them. And I just haven't gotten around to it, but what can be really great. You don't, but you don't need to have one per se. What can be really great though, is it can be an automatic way to build testimonials. So especially if you're trying to build up that mm. product and you mm. want to show that you're you're providing value, you know, if you yeah. have an automated email that goes out, like, first of all, to check in, because, you know, a lot of times we buy products and then we're like, I'll get to it later. And then we forget about it. So it's a good reminder, like, oh yeah, I purchased this product. I, I wanted to learn. So let me go dive back in. And then you can even send another email a couple of weeks later. That's kind of like gives you this feedback loop of, oh, how are things going? You know, if you like it, I'd love if you leave a review, give, you know, could be as simple as asking them to reply, sending them to a Google form, any way that allows you to kind of capture that information. And then you, you have a repertoire, repertoire, <laughs> like a, a collection of testimonials that you're building without having to manually reach out to everyone who's purchased from you. And to answer your question, go back to your question about what if I'm selling lots of digital products, there's certainly ways within a lot of email platforms that you could have someone that's in ConvertKit, they use the word tags. I think a lot of other email service providers use that. So if someone purchases a product, you can have them add a certain tag and you can kind of feed all of that into one sequence of emails. So it might not be specific to the product, but it's still, you know, if they purchase the product, they're still getting maybe a more generic email about this, the product they purchased. Okay. Oh, Jesse, you're on mute. Oh boy. (laughs) I was just chatting by myself. Um, So (laughs) I love that. So if instead of saying, you know, how are you enjoying XYZ product? It's just, oh, how are you enjoying the product you purchased a few weeks ago or whatever? Yeah. I mean, you could start with that if it feels like if you have so many products that it, it would be really daunting to set it up numerous automations. But yeah, that's awesome. certainly a, a, work, a workaround. All right. Now, what is number three misconception? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so another misconception is, and again, I think this is a big reason why people don't email, is that we we just don't know what to say. Yeah. Like it's you. I think we think. So that's not the misconception. The the misconception is you have to have like something really important to say and you have to be a really good writer to get your point across. I look at it that email marketing is about infusing your personality. So you don't have to like 
have these really like well-written emails. It's okay to have typos in them. I actually had an email. My mom is on one or two of my email lists and she actually replied one. She's like, there's a typo in your email. I'm like, thanks mom. My mom does that too. (laughs) I'm like, I can't really do anything about it, but it, it humanizes you. Like we make mistakes. We're imperfect. They also think about how many big companies make a mistake in their email marketing. I actually had a much bigger company email yesterday. They sent an email out that was clearly an error. It said like in the subject line, it was like the, the template for X company. Like it said that in, and then they said it happens. And then they sent an email out later apologizing. But honestly, I don't even think you need to do that. You can be like, whoops, I'm human. I make mistakes. We've all done it. But feeling like, well, that happened to me last week when my email sequences were not was not firing for my course, and I had uh, no yeah. idea why. I I just couldn't troubleshoot it, and mm-hmm. so I I did that. I said, "My mistake is your win." Enrollment extended because nobody was getting the emails. Exactly. I mean, I think people are gonna. I think that humanizes us more and makes mm-hmm. us more endearing. It makes and not to say you should purposely do it, but if you make a mistake. <laughs> It's, it's fine. It's not the end yeah. of the world. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can always, and I don't even necessarily think you have to apologize for things. Yeah. If you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I sent you the wrong link. It's like, you can send like something funny, be like, whoops. Yeah, like, that's exactly. Up. I was like, whoops. Yeah. Like my yeah. loss is your win. See, it's, yeah. it's so funny. So there's this one woman that I follow and she seems to have like a pretty big team behind her and everything. And the other day she sent out an email and it was all about this free course that she was doing. And it was like, she had this whole long text about the course. And then she goes and check it out at this link here. And I looked and there's no link. And I'm like, okay. So about an hour later, you get another email that said, whoops, we forgot to add the link in. Right. And I was wondering, I was thinking to myself, like, is this another opportunity for them to like get into your inbox? Like, oh, we forgot quote unquote Mm -hmm. the link. Like, it, you know, that was my question. That was a question I had. Like, do, do people like purposefully forget something to sometimes like <laughs> sneak into your inbox again? I don't know. I don't it's know. Probably, maybe it's, it's, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> I, or, or maybe that's just nice. You know, it is them making a mistake. And in that case, it is kind of nice to think that they are, there's some human behind it. Cause you know, you talked about automation being impersonal. Sometimes having that like mistake happen, it does, it does kind of remind us that Oh, there really is someone behind that email there. It's not just a computer sending things out all the time. You know, yeah. somebody had to write it. Yeah. When exactly. I when I would get replies from some of my automated emails and I would respond or sometimes I would ask like have them ask me a question or let me know what you're doing and and when I would respond people would be like, "Oh my gosh." there's actually like a they would say oh I yeah. did not expect to get a, a real response that's yeah. how I felt sad, with Courtney the other day sad. I, I was know. like oh man I mean uh, it, my list is you know relatively small to some of these bigger brands so yeah. you know I'm still able to to have that personal touch I guess it might just be a little bit trickier when you have a big team but that's where you know you still have people responding on your behalf mm-hmm. I guess at that point um yeah. So for the, for those that, you know, struggle with just keeping up with everything in life yeah. and business, everything, right here. Um, you know, I, I know emails kind of fall from the wayside. And so what's one tip or piece of advice that 
you have that can keep people motivated or keep people um, inspired to stay on top of their emails to connect with people? Or maybe it's just a, a different way to approach it. What would you say is is your one thing you'd like to share? Yeah. So I do think it's important to not let too much time lapse in between sending out emails because people are going to forget who you are and then they're more likely to unsubscribe or mark you as spam, which is going to hurt your business. So this is a tip that I learned um, from Kate Doster. She has this amazing copywriting course called Love Your List, specifically all about email marketing and whatnot. But she suggested like, if you're not really sure what to send your list, and I've done this, you can just send like a one line sentence, like how are things going with insert whatever the subject, the topic of what you, it is you do. And I had done that with my list for my jewelry making business. And I was kind of shocked how many people replied and also how many of them replied with things that actually had nothing to do with jewelry making, like sharing these really personal things about their lives. So it's it's kind of amazing. I was like, oh, and like, it's funny because I feel like sometimes my jewelry making business is more than just jewelry making, but it's about like, like self-care and, and comfort. That's so funny. That sounds so simple. I love that idea. And I think, mm-hmm. I think it can, um, you know, for those of us that maybe have had maybe our list lapse a little too long, or maybe those listening, you're like, oh gosh, how do I re-engage? I actually think that that could be like a good re-engagement strategy yeah. Yeah. as well. So if you have had that time lapse, you can kind of say, how are things, you know, going and here's how it's been going for me. Obviously you haven't heard from me in a while. And yeah. And I think even just keeping the the subject line really simple, like, Hey, or how's it going? Like, so it looks, especially if it's been a while, cause I, I think people are not used to seeing that kind of email from, from a list. Yeah. That definitely I mean, catch my attention. Yeah. But I, I don't recommend doing that too often just because then you're abusing. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are just going to stop opening your emails. And oh, this is nothing. I have to say that I know you did not ask me this, but this is a huge pet peeve of mine. And I hate, I don't, I recommend you don't do this. Don't put as your subject line, like, you know, RE, like colon, like you're responding, the emails responding to someone. I know it's really engaging, but it it drives me up a wall. I think it's so annoying. I hate that. I hate that too. So I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm with you there. So I want to take it back one because I know we have a, we have um, a couple other questions for you on this, but I, one of the things, that, so I have like a quiz that I created mm, to like get people great. on my email. Well, it is, but it's like, so I have it at the top of my website and then I had like posted it to a Facebook group or something like that. How are other ways, and if there's somebody that does have like an opt-in, but maybe they don't have a lot of traffic coming to their website, how would they kind of get the news out there about that? opt-in that freebie or that quiz or whatever what are what are some good avenues that you would suggest yeah I mean I recommend just putting it everywhere so if you're on Instagram um, either have your link if you really want to grow it have your link be to your opt-in so have your opt-in as you know a separate landing page Mm -hmm. or you know do one of those pages that links to a few links and then it's right there at the top you know but like write an enticing headline to get people to opt in. Certainly put it in lots of places on your website. So in experiment and see where you're getting more traffic. But the very least, I do recommend having it as its own page so you can drive uh, drive traffic directly to that page with your opt-in. Cool. 
Yeah, um, I think I've re- I've heard that that sort of uh, eliminates the, like the noise. Right? Yeah. So if the, the landing page is just meant to focus on that, sometimes I find like if I'm just looking for information from a particular service provider and they just only have their opt-in page available, it can be like annoying to try and just like go to their website. But oh, I if that's like that. the only thing that yeah, they're like, if, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like oh, <laughs> oh it's so yeah. frustrating. So, yeah. it, but I do believe and have read that the landing page has a better conversion rate than like sticking it on just like a regular website where you can like be distracted by this and that and this and that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now what are some of your favorite tools to make email marketing easier? Do you have like a specific, you know, are you a MailChimp lover, Flowdesk, you know, what's, what's, what's going on there? Yeah. So like I said, I've been a ConvertKit user now for five years. Um, um, I actually, it was actually not a good fit when I had an e-commerce business, like a physical product, but it's great for what I do now. A lot of my clients use it. I, you know, it's great. If you're a coach, you sell digital products, you can use it for lots of different business types. Um, I've also worked with some clients on active campaign, which mm-hmm. is interestingly like a lower price point and gives you a lot, a lot of bang for your buck. I do think it's a little less user-friendly and can be a little more complicated to learn. I'm also experimenting with MailerLite with my side blog on eco-friendly living. So Good for, wow. Eco-friendly living. That's like a whole other subject there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you have like the, the whole rain barrel going on and composting. We, and- do co- we, we have a compost service. We don't quite have a rain barrel. I don't know if our down our last place I think wasn't set up for it we just moved in October to a new condo but it's like little you know baby steps baby steps we tried a rain barrel and we had we tried to do like fit it like retrofit it ourselves with like a spout and like it never worked properly so we were very bummed we were very bummed but because our town offers that kind of thing now yeah yeah Yeah. well so ours was not from the town we just tried to do it ourselves but yeah I think we're just gonna try and go to the town next two two years we've gotten the mailer and and Alex my my husband will be like oh should we look at this and then I think we've we've missed out on the opportunity both times but so um, <laughs> I just have one more follow-up to the the tools of making it yeah. easier. Is there anything you use to help like plan out your emails? Yeah. Your email list, um, you know, some of our, to, to the misconception of like, you don't have anything to say, but organizing your thoughts. Do you, yeah. and a lot of, you know, we've talked about like Asana and Trello and things like that. Is there, is there any tips? Google Drive. Yeah. So I'm going to admit something. And I don't plan out my emails. I keep meeting to, and it's been like, again, another thing on my list, at least for your personal tech fairy. It's just kind of like every week I'm like, oh, I should figure out what I'm writing about this. <laughs> okay. Well, what do your clients use? Do they use anything? I, you know what? I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. Like if I'm telling them what, like giving suggestions about what to write, I have a Google doc that like, oh, okay. kind of outlines okay. it and that. But I also, I, so I just switched from Trello to ClickUp and I'm a huge fan. I at least like kind of map out some of my blog post ideas mostly as, so I have a place to do a brain dump where. Keep trying to try ClickUp and I kind of forget about it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a learning process. Um, I ended up in a program I'm in, there is like a mini course about it. I'm like, oh, this is how I use it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I find, I found if I hadn't learned Asana before, I would probably be 
it would probably be easier for me to have learned ClickUp, but I feel like my brain is so wired for Asana that. But you should just stick with it. I, and that's the other thing is I think it kind of ties in with email platforms. Mm-hmm. I think we're always looking for something better, but honestly, the best thing you can use is what you're currently using instead of I feeling agree. like she keeps I, yeah. <laughs> I agree with, we both agree with you on that. Definitely. All right, Bev. So where can people find you and learn more about what you offer? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, which is yourpersonaltechfairy.com. I'm also on Instagram. That's, and I've been experimenting with reels. I feel like I'm not very oh, good at it. <laughs> all, we're all there. We're all there with you. Uh, yeah. But you can find me there at your.personaltechfairy.com. Um, Quick follow-up. Yeah. Yes. Where'd you get the name? I've been meaning to ask that like this yes. interview. So it's adorable. I, I love it. Thank you. And it's fun. I would have never named my business this, um, but I'm in a networking group and we have like these monthly meetup or not meetups, but like they're, you get together and talk about your business and bring up a challenge. And I was explaining, this was before I launched my business and I was explaining what I did. And then my like, elevator pitch, I described myself as, oh, I'm your personal tech fairy. And a few people are like, oh, is that the name of your business? I'm like, no, I don't have a name yet. They're like, you should take, that should be the name of your business. Someone even looked up if the domain existed. Like, so I bought the URL the next day. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's funny because it's not, it's not, again, like not something I probably would have thought of for myself, but it is very memorable. Very memorable. Yeah, I, I, I really love it. I love it. So, <laughs> yeah, this has been a really um, great conversation. I think um, our listeners should take your um, your myths, your misconceptions, and take them to heart and actually, you know, start building that list them. and yes. implementing a sequence. Or get I know in touch with I you. will so be. Like, we're getting in touch with you. They just like yes. don't want to do it themselves. Please. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bev, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So, as I said, I have this like quiz that I've been trying to tout, which is your fashion style. Mm-hmm. And when I first released it, I got some good, good, you know, reaction. People signed up, but it's kind of kind of let it die. Um, so this conversation with Bev really encouraged me to get back to getting people to sign up. I've been pretty good about like my weekly emails, with the exception of like. I don't know, one week that I just kind of failed. <laughs> yeah, no, I get your emails in the inbox and they're actually like your subject lines have been fantastic because I clicked Really? On I've been yeah. trying really yeah. hard. Yeah. I've been trying. I mean, that's, you know what? I almost, you know, I know Bev was talking about the fact that a lot of times we don't know what to say. Um, I'm a writer and even, I even have that problem where I'm like, oh gosh, what do I say? What are people actually going to read? But the it's always, and I, you know, now I, now that I think about it, we should have asked her about this and maybe, maybe we can have her back sometime. Um, I always have a problem figuring out the subject line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's, I think the toughest because that really is what can get you, get people to click. Oh, well, we, I mean, she did talk about the fact, don't say like re dot. And I hate that. Yeah. I do regarding hate that or reply, yeah. replying or whatever, replying, yeah. you know, yeah, because they, the first couple of times I got those, because I feel like that started within the last year or so. And I could it could be older than that. But when I first started getting those, I was like, oh, my gosh, did I did I reply to an email or did I send it? I was 
panic. I sound like one, a little bit yeah. of a panic moment. Well, it kind of felt like one of those old people that's like get those get those things on um, those phone calls or those yes, emails. Scammy. I'm I'm stuck in you know, Nigeria, can you, you know, send me all this money? <laughs> right, right, right. That's what I felt like the yeah. first time I got those emails. I was like, oh my gosh, did I send an email? So yeah, I do. Like, I, what did I sign up for now? I know. I know. It was, yeah. What did I sign up for now? There's a, I get a lot of emails that I don't even remember signing up for, but I, I'm one of those people who doesn't really hit unsubscribe. Do you? Uh, no, not really. I'm pretty um, irresponsible with my inbox, as you I know. As you oh, know. yeah. So, Your inbox gives me a heart attack when I yeah. see, like, how many. Not that I'm, like, checking out Jessie's inbox, but, like, she'll pull up her phone and there's, like, 10,000. There's that number, like, 9,999 yeah. emails. And I'm just, like, heart palpitations. So <laughs> little. This is completely off topic, guys. But um, I got rid of my red bubbles by turning off notifications from my email on my phone. And so it just hides the red bubble now. So when I think I was up to like 60,000 unread, do that. unread oh, emails. Um, but I really loved the conversation with Bev because I think so many people get stuck on some of these limiting beliefs um, around yeah. writing their emails. And some of us legit just have no time. But to your point about not having anything to say, something as simple as, you know, uh, giving them more of your personality or, mm-hmm. um, you know, and also not getting stuck up on the, or hung up on like the little things like typos or, or fears that people aren't yeah. going to, aren't going to like what you have to say. Don't let that stop you. But um, I also think her, her point about automating and some people get yeah. stuck on automating because it sounds impersonal and they don't want to be, um, you know, impersonal, especially if their brand is a personal brand, but you know, I have automations that happen within my business. Um, mm-hmm. you know, not every single thing is automated, but a lot of my email sequences are. And to be honest, I wouldn't be able to run my business without it. So there's that. It was it would just wouldn't happen without it. Yeah. So it's either you let it happen and you just kind of get over the sphere that it's impersonal. But as long as your copy is there and adding those personal elements and the way you talk and your voice and um, your persona, then that's where the level of, you know, it takes out that impersonal factor to the automation. It definitely is a way, a, a deeper way to connect with your audience because, and I've, you know, we've had people say it on this podcast and I'm going to reiterate it because we, we don't own our social media. We only own our websites and, you know, our email lists and you, you want to be respectful of the people who do sign up for your emails. You know, you don't want to be necessarily filling their inboxes with junk, but there is a reason why they do they signed up for that email, whether they just wanted that freebie and, you know, they get your next email and it's, you know, Hey, she said, Hey, how are you doing? Or telling, you know, maybe saying something personal and they're like, you know what? I really didn't sign up for this unsubscribe. Well, then they're really not who you want on your email list anyways. And, you know, they'll find somebody else that fits them better. You'll find an audience that fits you better. So just, um, you know, being respectful, I think of the inbox, realizing that this is, you know, this is your way to connect even, even more than social media, because again, you, you own this space. Um, it's just something that, that always kind of resonates with me when I send out an email, I think to myself, Oh my gosh, I don't have a character limit. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, you have so I don't have freedom. to, yeah. And I don't have to think of a ton of hashtags and <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's just a little, it, you know, again, you, as I said, you, you want to be mindful of what you're, what you're sending out, but at the same point, you, you kind of have a little bit more freedom going yes. on. So let's, let's all embrace that freedom guys. Uh, so 
Thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation today. Make sure you join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation, and we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We've gotten some great five-star reviews, um, which we love to see. You can also email us at cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're a photographer looking to get into the world of brand photography, you can follow me at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. And until then, cheers to your next beer, cocktail, seltzer water, whatever you're drinking. And happy content creating.